0: Welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus I'm your host, Tim Knight,
1: And I'm Andrew Nichol.
0: And today's show. We're talking about the worst building materials in New Zealand history. I don't know how any of these got approved, but at one of our most recent First Home buyers seminars, a couple of you guys wanted to know what should you be looking out for when purchasing a property. And so what we thought is we can't go past these six materials that
1: you've got to look out for. Andrew, what's number one? Number one is Ducks Quest Piping, which is a plastic piping which was used in houses in the late 1970s and the early 80s. Now, it was discontinued after reports of the pipes bursting all throughout New Zealand, water everywhere.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah, and despite the cost, it's actually recommended that you replace the entire piping rather than just patching up leaks because these pipes were just infamous for doing this. And some insurers will not even cover the cost of damage caused by this piping. So I guess they're saying,
0: well, if you're going to buy a house, you've got to make sure that it doesn't have Ducks quest piping before you buy it because if you do, then the cost is actually on you because we all know it is so
1: bad. Yeah, and so I guess the big question is, if you're buying an existing home to live in or to rent out, You need to find out does it have Ducks Quest piping? Now, the piping itself is very distinctive black piping with Ducks Quest or Quest Ducks printed on it, so pretty obvious, but you're probably not going to find that yourself. So, you'd get a building inspector to go through. This would be something that any building inspector worth their salt is going to pick up because it's so well known for causing issues. Now, if a real estate agent knows that there is this Ducks Quest piping in the building, they have to disclose that to you, but of course, You've got to be able to prove that the real estate agent actually did know that. So best to get your own report done at the due diligence stage of buying a property. And then you're either going to want to ask for it to be replaced as a condition of the sale or negotiate the purchase price to allow for you to replace this.
0: Yeah. Do you know what it costs to replace it? 20 grand, I'd say would be my best guess. So you might talk to your building inspector about how much it's going to cost. If it's say 15, 20 grand, you'd say, okay, I was going to offer 600K. I'm going to take off 20 to 15 grand to account for that cost. Yeah. The actual better thing to do would be to get them to replace it because then you're able to get more borrowing against your property. Yes. Because of course, let's say you did get a 15K discount on the property, then you have still got to come up with the extra 15K in order to replace it. Whereas if they have to do it, then actually your marginal cost is only 3K because you're going to get potentially 80% lending against that property from the bank.
1: The other part to that is once the bank knows, so if it is in a sale and purchase agreement, they will probably take some steps to make sure you're going to remedy it as well because it'll be a defective security. The second thing to look out for is weather
0: side cladding. Now, for all of your people like me who've never picked up a hammer in your life, the cladding's the outside of the property. Whether it be brick, whether it be wood, i.e. weatherboard, whether it be something else, in this case, it is weatherside. So this is a product that is made from both wood and glue. And you know, it was a really popular cladding material in the early 80s. It seems like most of these are from the 80s and something really went wrong. Now what happened was after this was put up on the outside of houses, the glue in the wood started failing and there was all this moisture that started to come in contact with the wood fibers within the cladding. Now, what happened was all of that swelled up and basically the outside or the exterior of your house ended up turning into mush. And the only way to fix this is to replace the cladding. So, weatherside cladding hasn't been available to buy in New Zealand since the 80s, but there are still houses on the market today where you've got weatherside cladding and you really should look out for this. If it's on the house and it hasn't been swelling up, turning into mush, that doesn't mean that it's not going to fail in the future. So how do you tell if there is some weather side cladding? Well, look, before I even give you any tips, of course, you're going to talk to a building inspector because it can be difficult to identify just when you're looking at the property. It often looks like other products like Hardy Plank and you know some other materials. So I'd ask about it. Get the building inspection, ask the inspector to check what the cladding is, and just listen out for the term weather side. because. Although these properties can be repaired, you do want to make sure the price of replacing it is reflected in whatever offer you make to the person selling the property.
1: Number three, asbestos. Now, lots of people will have heard of asbestos, but maybe don't know exactly what it is. So it's basically these boards which are made up of lots of little fibres and they're invisible to the naked eye. The issue isn't the board itself. So when it's actually attached to a wall, it's not actually an issue, but when you break it down or conduct some renovations, the issue is the dust that comes from that board and even a small amount of asbestos dust is potentially lethal if you breathe it in. I've told you my story about mine, haven't I? Didn't you break it down? Yeah, so, so when I was working on Wilson's Road, Tim Harmon and I were working on that ourselves because Tim was a carpenter. Anyway, this kind of board was often used behind chimney flues because it was flame retardant. Anyway, we are not. We were breaking down what we thought was hardy board because it looks exactly like hardy board. We were putting it in the skip and then I turn around and on the back of it, it says asbestos, clear as day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well,
0: hopefully you weren't breathing it in because the issue is those fibres can mess with your lungs and end yep. up scarring them.
1: Correct. And it's dangerous when it starts to deteriorate or if it's disturbed, as I said before, when you're doing renovations or, or even if someone just bumped into a wall and chipped a bit off. And it is well known now to kill people. And often what will happen is it will be throughout the entire house, often used in places like the ceilings of your rooms and the roof, if it's corrugated and the walls and the vinyl. So one of the big things you want to do if you're going to buy a house, and particularly if you're going to do some renovations to this house, you want to get a building inspection done. Now, if you're not going to disrupt it, so we've had properties where we have put jib over top of asbestos and then replasted it, that's not an issue. But if you're going to actually remove it or disrupt it, then you need to be thinking about the major expense of disposing of that asbestos because it not only has to be handled correctly when it's removed, but then it has to be treated in such a way when they, when they dispose of it. You can't just put it in, in the skip like we did.
0: Yeah, it's much more expensive. And in fact, one of the things to look out for just for renovation-focused investors, and this comes from one of our friends actually, Joe, who demolishes houses. What happened was he had a group of guys who completely demolished a house, but the issue was they didn't separate the asbestos from all of the other materials in the house. Now, disposing of asbestos is vastly more expensive. Because it was now all mixed in with the rest of the house, they had to pay the higher price of disposing the entire property as if it was asbestos, rather than had they separated it out right from the beginning, they would have paid that higher cost just for a small amount of material and would have paid a lower cost for the bulk of the rest of the house. That'll
1: be tens of thousands of dollars worth of extra cost.
0: Yeah, wasn't too happy about it. No. Now, number four is lead-based paint. Now, up until about the mid-60s, so many paints on the New Zealand market did have high levels of lead within them. And this is particularly true before about the end of the Second World War, like 1945. Now, look, even if a building has recently been repainted, there may still be lead-based paints hidden underneath those layers. So the old paint's still on the house, you've just painted over top of it, you've still got lead-based paint underneath of it. Now what's the issue? Well, it's a bit like asbestos. If you remove it, if you disturb it, if you start sanding it off and chipping away at it, those particles can get in your lungs, you can get lead poisoning. And in fact, I did see that the Ministry of Health says that if a building was built before the 1980s, you should just assume that it's been painted with lead based paint. Now, again, the issue isn't so much that it's there, the issue is what happens if you disturb it. So, if you are thinking about re a house that's got lead based paint on it, or if you're thinking about taking that paint off, you're going to want to use some professionals to make sure that it's done safely.
1: Number five is monolithic cladding or direct fixed cladding. Now, this is an exterior material which is directly fixed onto the wall. Now, this is what you'll all know as leaky homes. So just having monolithic cladding doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a leaky home. And there are some preventatives that you can do to ensure that you limit your exposure to having a leaky home. I think we did a podcast on that. Yeah, a ages while ago. back. Yeah. And so not every property necessarily is going to be a leaky home, but you're at higher risk if you've got no cavity system to allow for moisture to get out. And what would happen, is, of course, is moisture would get trapped behind and then the wood would rot away and then you'd have a major issue. Yeah, so just for any new listeners of the show, the way it works
0: in modern building is that you've got the exterior of your property and let's say it's brick. Well, behind that brick, there is going to be a gap between those bricks and the structural timber of your house, i.e. the wood that's holding the whole house up. And that just means that as water goes into the brick, and comes out the other side, it just drips down. There's a what they call a cavity, but a space between it so all of that water can drain away. Now, with direct fixed cladding, the issue was that you'd have things like plaster. The water would get through the plaster, but because it was directly attached to the wood, i.e. the structural timber that's holding up your house, that would rot. That's how we got to the leaky homes. Now, there's a bit more issue to that. So don't think that every plaster property is automatically a leaky home, but best ever we search on our website for that previous podcast.
1: Well, actually, I know that Sue Foley, I'm sure she won't mind me saying this, Sue Foley, who's the lawyer that I use most often for my conveyancing, she actually has a property which is a leaky home with monolithic cladding in Kashmir. And so she's been dealing with that for 12 years, and she maintained that property really well. But then after the earthquake's, The moisture was just so hard to contain.
0: And the last one that I want to talk to you about is class spouting. Now, this is the stuff that's on your roof that takes all of the water that drains off your roof and then puts it down the drain. Now, class spouting is kind of angled and if you Google it, it starts with a K by the way, not a C, you'll be able to see what it looks like. But one of the issues with this particular type of spouting is it fills up. And then if you've got leaves in there, if you've got stones, if you've got any other debris, things that have fallen onto your roof, and then the water's washed it into the spouting, what can happen is the water goes into the roof cavity, so top of your roof, and can lead to moisture issues or effectively your property leaking. Now, in a hot market, what's really important to note is that when the property market is going off like a frog in a sock, People will look past all of these things that yeah. we're talking about, things like lead-based paint, monolithic cladding, class spouting, duck's quest piping. Oh, it'll be all right. But when you get to a quieter market like we are at the moment, these are the issues that will stop people buying your houses because they come with risk. Why would a purchaser purchase a property that's got duck's quest piping, class spouting, monolithic cladding, lead-based paint, and asbestos through it as well as, as well as maybe some weather side in there for good measure <laughs> if they can go across the road and buy something for roughly the same price or a wee bit more that doesn't have these risks, doesn't have these issues. Now, there will be a whole heap of other building materials that we have missed in this podcast, but why don't you let us know which ones you think are the worst as well and if we get a couple of good ideas of other building products to look out for, we can record a follow-up episode as well. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to check out our new website with all our new content, you've got to go to opuspartners.co.nz. It is so much easier now to find old podcasts because we've got a search function. We just type it in, searches everything we've ever recorded, and we'll come back with the podcast you're looking for. So if you're looking for our podcast on Leaky Homes, you're going to be able to find it. listening to The Property Canopy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Bickle. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.